Good afternoon, everyone. We're continuing on our learning of Pesukim Zimra and Tzvila in general. We're up to the section of Yihichavod. Yihichavod is a conglomeration of many different Pesukim, not only in Tilim, but we'll see references to Devarayamim and a little bit of Mishlei. Uh, its source seems to be that people have said this for many years, going into at least the Gaonim, um, in Masech Sofrim, Parak Yudzayin, Mishnah Harlacha Yudalef, it says that in Rosh Chodesh, <coughs> you have to, they have to say, Yichavod Hashem Malach, Mizmer Shirla Hashem, which implies that the there was a, I guess, a liturgy known as Yichavod, they didn't have to embellish on the different psukim that were included in it. <coughs> it was an established uh, tefill that was said during the davening. Um, the Bati Motion Simimem Test notes that this section has to be specifically said before Ashrei. And the Basiosu actually quotes a <coughs> an opinion who explains that the 21 Askaros, the names of Hashem, that are found in Yehi Chavod, correspond to the 21 Askaros, Shemos Hashem, which are found in Ashrei. And we'll try to develop, um, as we go through Yehi Chavod and Ashrei, potentially maybe uh, Yehi Chavod is his parallel or complements the Tefillah of Ashrei. Uh, we'll see that a little, a little bit later. Um, interesting to note, though, that if you count the Askaros that you find in Yehi Chavod, you'll only find 19 and not 21. The Otsros HaTzfilah presents two different um, understandings of how to get to this number. Um, number one, he says that if you include the word, the Shem Hashem of Ka, Ki Yaakov B'char Lo Ka, Yisrael Skula So, um, that one as well as um, Ashrei um, Shashem Al Ka, which is the introduction to Ashrei, which is not Ashrei itself, then you get to 21. However, um, he notes that the Gemara itself assumes that Ashrei um, is part of the the actual tefillah of Tila David, which which is the I guess the more the majority of the text is found in Kuf, in in Tehillim Kuf Mem Hey, um, but the introduction of Ashri Yoshev Visecha and Ashri Amshkachalo are also included in that liturgy, and it shouldn't be considered uh, as part of Yichavot. And based off that, the Otsros Tefillah suggests that. This medrash or this mimer follows the statement of <coughs> Amram Gon, who notes that in Hichavod there were three psukim that were mentioned beforehand. Um, they were Elav Recha Ve'Elav Asusa V'Nachnu V'Shem Hashem Elokeinu Naskir. Then the next pasuk was Hema Karo V'Nafalu V'Nachal Kamenu V'Sadad, and the third pasuk is Hashem Ashiyama Chenenu V'Mkarinu. So in, the, in those three psukim, there are two other askaros. That seems to be the 21, that seems to be the, the two other Azkaros, which complete the 21 that are mentioned in, in Yehi Chavot. In terms of its meaning and content, we'll discuss. However, the Kavachayim and Simen Nunalef in Archaim notes that there are a lot of Kavanos that are implicit in this tefillah. Uh, but we're just going to, going to understand the basic shot in understanding the structure of this tefillah and how it uh, progresses throughout. Um, while reading it. In terms of structure, there are six parts of this tefillah. The first one is the first four psukim going from Yehichava to Ramah Kol Um It's basically a declaration of hope for a time that Hashem will be recognized and praised in the world. The second section is the next psukim, where we recognize Hashem's rulership, Malchus, in this, in this, in this current state of being. The third part of this structure is contain, consists of the next three psukim, where we discuss a future vision when society and also 
nature will declare Malchus Hashem, Hashem's rulership, which naturally or subsequently will remove those who try to conspire and go against his authority, Hashem's authority. The fourth section is then is the next three psukim going from Hashem Hashem Tamod, where we basically describe at length more about Hashem's ultimate control over man's destiny, and Hashem will guide even against those guide the world even against those who are trying to derail it. The fifth section is again the next three psukim, where we note Hashem has control over all of reality. He created reality, and he also, not only the natural world, but also the Jewish people's fate as a nation. And the sixth section is the last three psukim, where it's basically a prayer, number one, to express, uh, ask Hashem for forgiveness and protection in the current environment where we find ourselves in the Gullus. Just delving in into, the, into this, the details of the structure, the first part, again, like you mentioned, this uh, the first four psukim from Yichawad until Rabbi Kolayim is basically a declaration of hope for a time that Hashem will recognize, will be recognized and will be praised by the entire world. So we begin with the psukim as follows. Yichawad Hashem le'olam yismach Hashem b'ma'asav. May the honor of Hashem last forever. Let Hashem rejoice over all His actions. In terms of the Mepharshim, it seems to be that there are effectively three time frames in which this statement is being made. The Radak understands, in one of his understanding interpretations, that this is a reference back to the original creation. The Kvot Hashem is the completed, the honor of Hashem is when the world is completely created, and all all that people experience in that reality is an expression of his Kavod. So the prayer is that may Hashem's honor of the past creation last forever, and Hashem rejoice over his creation. The Mabam understands this in the context of the present. Man witnesses now Hashem's honor by seeing nature's unchanging state through time. This again follows Mabam's understanding. He's referencing to two Hanhagos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One Hanhagah is through miracles, one's through the natural world. And in the natural world, ironically, because it's so consistent, that shows an incredible amount of a discipline that the natural world has following Hashem's orders, Hashem's will, and that's an expression of His honor as the world consistently throughout time that we experience now um, does not change, and that's an expression of, that's a prayer that we should experience that honor, that recognition of Hashem's guidance of the natural world. Rupert understands this Pasuk to be referring to a future, a future prayer. Yichavod is a prayer hoping that man will come to realize Hashem's presence in the world in a more realized way. So, it should be lasting forever. Hashem will be rejoice over His actions um, as when man recognizes in the future that that reality. It is interesting to know that the Radak, in his second comment, an interpretation of this Pazuk, explains that it almost similar to a first understanding of this Pazuk is referring to the in the times of the Gula, when man reaches perfection, that all of the creation will be rejoicing because Yichwan Hashem Le'olam, the Kvot Hashem will be forever in a future time um, when when man is completed and able to fully, fully serve Hashem properly, that all the world which is created to serve man, to serve Hashem, 
will be rejoicing because they're fulfilling their tafkid as well. The next pasuk, following in the stream of thought, is the pasuk of Yishem Hashem Mevarach Let the name of Hashem be blessed forever. Um, uh, from now until ever. And we continue the next Hashem. Um, going from east to west, um, which we'll explain what this was a reference to, the Shem Hashem will be, Muhulal will be uh, praised, as, praised or uh, expressed uh, uh, feelings of halal. The Radak understands this, and this is the, basically the consensus of many of the Mepharshim, that this is a call that Hashem's rec- Hashem should be recognized in, in the world in the future. It's again, it's a hope that the people all over the world, from Mimizach Shemesh Amvo, referring to the people from all different areas of the globe, should recognize Hashem's presence in the world. Um, interestingly enough, the album adds that not only is it that we should recognize Hashem's presence in the world, but it's a specific type of anhaga, a specific type of interaction, the interaction of Hashem's direct intervention, the supernatural effect which is in contrast to the first puzzle of Yihichavod, which is the natural, a recognition of Hashem's natural a control over the natural world. And the last puzzle of this section is Rama Kogoyim Hashem, Allah Shemaim Kivodah. Hashem is Ram, lofty over all the nations. On top of, hev- of the heavens is Hashem's honor. Again, following in the, in the, in the thread of praising Hashem and recognizing Him, the Radak explains that this is a praise of expressing Hashem's greatness and loftiness. Just going into the wording, the Radak notes that referring to the people of, this, of the population of the world, the reference is Ram, and with respect to the heavens, there's the expression of Kavod. And the Radak explains that the loftier the being is, so there's man, then there's angelic celestial beings, the, the closer and the more loftier they are to Akash Baruch, uh, closer to Akash Baruch and loftier they are, uh, the more they can have a recognition of what Hashem's uh, Kavayachal, His greatness, how they can have a greater appreciation of Hashem's greatness. So for the, not for the nations of the world, it's Ram. Hashem's lofty, but we don't have a, a true, true appreciation recognition of Hashem's Kavod. But al Shemayim, but in the upper spheres of, of either celestial beings or, or high, higher spiritual planes, then, we, then there's a more of a recognition of Kavodo. It's interesting to note, as the first few Pesukim are trying to have this hope of more of a recognition of Hashem in the world, this final Pesuk in this section either is referring to the current state of man that he's not able to attain as much as the celestial beings, or there's there's this basic recognition that because we're physical, because we're not as lofty as the celestial beings, we, we're more limited in our appreciation even as as we progress. As an, it's just an interesting point to note. Moving on to the next section. So after discussing our hope that we should have recognition of Hashem in the world, we discuss Hashem's rec- we recognize Hashem's presence in this world as much as we can now. We discuss in the first pasuk of this section, Hashem Shem Hashem, your name is forever. Hashem Hashem, your remembrance is for generation to generation. It's interesting to note as we're beginning this section, we're shifting to the first person. We're directly interacting with Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the first person, Shemcha and Zechacha almost referring now back to our present state of being and talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In terms of understanding this Pasuk, the Radak sees it as one one c- continuum, as if the end of the Pasuk is explaining the first part of the Pasuk. Hashem Zechachal Vadar, each generation we recognize Hashem's, we remember the past 
and remember Hashem's miracles that He's done for the Jewish people, that allows us to have Hashem Shem That allows us to remember Hashem for eternity because we have that memory in our mind. Um, however, the Malbim and Rav Hirsch see it as two, almost two different, two different expressions of recognition of Hashem, not related to each other. Rav Hirsch understands that Hashem Shimcha Le'olam is a reference to one aspect of our recognition of Hashem. Shem Hashem is a representative of a fact of Hashem's ultimate expression. And that is going to be the olam, as the word olam, which means forever, comes from the word alam, which also means hidden. So Hashem's ultimate expression in the world is going to be in a distant future that's hidden from us in the present time. However, the second aspect is more readily available. Hashem We have a remembrance of your name, uh, awareness, a hint of what your name, what Hashem's name is, the full expression of Hashem manifested in this world. We have a hint of that in this in this current time through Dorvadar, through recognizing Hashem as the one who's guiding each generation, navigating their each generation to the next stage um, in the history of man. The Malbim understands this as two different expressions, also following his general theme in Tehillim, that these are two different Hamhangos of Hashem. One is Hashem Shem Chalilam. That's the natural world. It's always there. It's constant. It's unchanging. That's one expression of Akash Baruch Hu. And the other one is Zuchicha Lador Vador. Through each generation, there's a different Hashkacha that Hashem has uh, applies to the world in order to facilitate Scharf Onish, to facilitate the Rats of Hashem to be expressed in the world. And this is through the more supernatural means of expression of Hashem in the world. Then, after discussing a call for recognizing Hashem in this world, we move to the next Pasuk. Hashem establishes His throne in heaven and controls it over the land. Again, this is a expression, as the Malpim notes, of the current situation in the world. And it's a call, again, for us to recognize these two different aspects of Hashem. Hashem. The first part is Hashem This is a, a reference to Hashem defining and guiding the unchanging rules of nature. It's in Shemaim. It's in the heavens. Hashem has these set rules uh, of nature. And that's what's being established to uh, to be applied on earth. But there's another aspect of Hashem has Hashkacha Pratis, a supernatural way of expressing His presence in the world. And that's through His Nebshala, His dominance over His Malchus, His dominance over the all powers, which the Bible understands to refer to as celestial beings, the natural world. And Hashem has control even over that, expressing it through the supernatural world. After expressing a call to recognize Hashem in this world to our best of our ability, we then move to the third section where we now have a future vision of what this future recognition of Hashem will be. Both for man and society, and also subsequently removing all evildoers or people who want to stop that recognition from happening. So the first Pasuk begins in this section, this third section, we say, The Shemayim should be Sameach, should be happy, and the earth should be have gale, gil, also a form of happiness. The Yomru HaGoyim, and the nations will say, Hashem, Balach, Hashem ruled. 
And then we respond, it seems like we're responding at least, Hashem Melech, Hashem Melech, Hashem Imloch, Hashem is the king, was the king, and will be the king forever and ever. And then we add, Hashem Melech, Hashem is the current king, and of the Goyen so the nations of the world will be destroyed from his land. <coughs> In terms of understanding this progression, the Mabim understands this, this future expression of Akash Baruch Hu, also in the context of his two di- dimensions of Ashkacha Sasham, recognizing Hashem Sashkacha, seemingly more in a more overt way, both in Ismichu Hashemayim Vesagel Aretz. The Mabim notes that we use the word Simcha with respect to Shemayim and the word Gil with respect to Aretz. And the Mabim explains that the word Simcha means a constant joy and Gil means a new type of joy. And he notes that Shemayim represents the natural world, the unchanging world. So that Simcha is constant. It's a, That type of joy is a Simcha type of expression of joy, unchanging, because they recognize Hashem's constant, unchanging, uh, natural involvement in the world. However, there's a second way of expressing his Ashkacha, that's Aretz. That's when it comes to people, the land. Hashem has a specific Ashkacha Pratis on people, on the world. And that expression of Ashkacha is new, and therefore it's it's respect it's appropriate to have the word gil, a new type of joy, each time Hashem changes or expresses a different type of hashkacha on mankind and the world in general. It's interesting to note that we mention Hashem Melech, Hashem Melech, Hashem Yimloch, almost outside of, backwards, or not in the correct order of time. We first say Hashem is the king, Hashem was the king, Hashem will be the king, um, I don't have the exact source, but I think the Or Sameach is Meshachachma notes that Hashem Melech, Hashem's the king, that's very easy to recognize we're in the present, we see things happen, and we have a more of a ready recognition of Hashem. Then we then we look in hindsight. Hindsight is much clearer with our expression. We look at the past, and hindsight is much clearer of realizing the past, and we could say, oh, Hashem is also the king in the past as well. And then the hardest part of recognizing Hashem is even is even going in the future where we had no experience of the future. We don't have any memory of the future. It's only in the past. And we we because of our recognition of Hashem in the present and the past, we have the confidence to recognize Hashem and say Hashem is going to be doing that in the future. We understand how He interacts in the world, how He controls the world, how He creates the world. And all that will help us internalize our ability to express Hashem Yibloch Yilam Then at the end of this of this section, we mention Hashem is the king and he's going to destroy the nations. <coughs> the Radak notes specifically um, that it's of the Goyim Eretzah, Hashem will, will destroy them from his land. Um, as a seemingly a reference to Hashem's land, the land of Eretz Yisrael, Hashem will, will remove the nations of the world from Eretz Yisrael and he will establish the Malchus Yisrael again on his land. Seemingly an expression of Hashem's Malchus because Hashem is king, that will enable the Malchus of Israel to come back. Um, the different aspect, almost the foil of this point, is that, as Rafresh explains, that the emphasis is not that Hashem is going to return the Malchus Israel, but more emphatically, that the nations, the enemies of the of the nation of B'nai Israel, will be destroyed because Hashem is in control of the world now, meaning He's expressing His control over the world more, and subsequently destroying the enemies who are affecting his nation. It's interesting to note, just finishing off on the section, that the Pasuk of 
actually. It seems to be we're combining different psukim to give a general idea of what the future is going to be like, at least through the lens of Malchus Hashem. After discussing the vision of the future, in the third section, we move, we move to the fourth section, where we talk about Akash Baruch Hu's ultimate control over mankind's destiny, almost expressing in the present how we're going to get to this point in the future. We mention Hashem nullifies the thoughts of nations, he frustrates the thoughts of the people, and the Pasuk adds, the many thoughts that man has in his lave, his heart, but the eats of Hashem, that's going to stand. The Radak notes, um, tries to explain what this Eitzah of the Goyim is, that Hashem is trying to destroy, uh, or to nullify. The Radak says it's either referring to the physical plans to destroy the Jewish people, or the spiritual plans to destroy the Jewish religion, through uh, Kfira. At the end of the day, Hashem will be Mashkiach, and destroy them, remove them or their plans from ever coming into fruition. Furthermore, in terms of just explaining the wording, the Mabim explains the word Eitzah, which is always seemingly found in the, in the singular, refers to the goal, and the word Machshava, which is found in the plural, refers to the, refers to the process. And there are many steps to a process. That's why the word Machshava is around the future, uh, or the plural tense, the plural uh, form, versus the word Eitzah is always in the singular, because there's one direct goal um, through that Eitzah, through, that, through, the, through those many Machshavos. And we conclude in this section about Hashem's plans, Atzis Hashem Lalom Tamon, Hashem's goal will always stand. The Machshavos of Hashem will be lasting for each generation. The Babam explains, as he explained the word Eitzah Machshavah by the Gentile nations, he uses it as well to explain Hashem's interactions in the world um, that basically counteract the, the Gentile nation's plans and goals. He says, The ultimate goal of Hashem will be la'olam, forever unchanging. In the big picture, Hashem has a plan, and that's unchanging. However, the way Hashem gets to that goal is through many different hanhagos of Baruch Hu, and it's per generation. According to each generation's needs, Hashem will change the situation, the setting, in order to facilitate man to get to that point of the ultimate Atzaz Hashem. Rav Hirsch understands this Pasuk and the last two Pesukim completely different. Unlike the Malvim who explains that these three Pesukim are talking about a conflict between the non-Jews, the Gentiles' plans to destroy B'nai Yisrael or the religion and Hashem uprooting them, but rather these three Pesukim are talking about a progression from man's plans to hurt society and Hashem's corrections to fix that issue. And he notes that the word goyim and amim have two different connotations. The word goyim has a connotation of nations as a state, and the word amim refers to individual citizens within a community. And the eitzah of goyim, the eitzah of nations, without a, without a, devoid of religion, devoid of a baruch Hu, is a power struggle, a power and tyranny. And comes Hashem, the atzah Hashem isakum, the ultimate goal is that we should have Atzah Hashem in our national interact, international relationships. Hashem does not want despots to overpower society 
He wants it to be a nation of, of Atzis Hashem, whatever is good and right. And that is La'olam. That's going to take time. It's going to, there's going to be a, a new world order in the future. That's going to take a lot of time to change. But ultimately, it will, it will change and we'll get to Atzis Hashem. The second issue of human society nowadays is the Machshos Sa'amin. The individual citizens within each community, they conspire to overpower each other. Overpower each other. There's a lot of greed and jealousy, and that's what's driving each individual to fight with the other with the other neighbor. However, in the end, Hashem will stop this machshos Um Hashem's machshavos, those plans of how to interact with fellow people are going to be stopped by Hashem. And seemingly, Rafresh understands that Ladar refers to a reference to that it's only that the Machshavos Ha'amim are only going to be lasting Ladar for not a long time, and that's going to cha- allow for change in the future. <coughs> After discussing how Hashem, or the plan of Hashem's ultimate goals to change the world to become this more idyllic situation, and uh, recognizing the Kashbarhu, we recognize also Hashem's ability to facilitate this change, both in nature and through the Jewish people's historical fate. And we mentioned by saying, We first recognize that Kashbarhu's control as he said and it was, and he commanded and it stood. The Radak and Rav Hirsch seem to understand this reference, this, this pasuk as a reference to a certain moment in time. The Radak says this is a reference to Hashem as the Creator. Kiho Amar He has mastery over nature. Rav Hirsch understands this actually to be a reference to Gulas Mitzrayim. The events of Mitzrayim were all miraculous. He wanted them to be, and they stood, and they and they they came to be. Both the natural and the supernatural are being referenced to are being referenced to, to allow us to remember Kashbarhu's ability to control nature. The Malbim understands that these two clauses as to actually be referring to two different expressions of our Yiras Hashem, our recognition of the awe and fear of Akashbarhu. The first part is Kiyomar Vayehi. Hashem called existence to occur. That should inspire us to have awe. This incredible recognition of Hashem as the creator of this great and vast world. The second expression of recognizing Kash is through fear of Hashem, real pachad. And that's through kihu tziva vayamot. Meaning, not only did he create the world, he's allowing it to exist every single moment. He commanded it and it stood. The world continues to exist. And if Hashem deems not not necessary or if man does not fulfill his duty, Hashem can effectively, theoretically, withhold his existence and the world in general and return to that original state of nothingness. And that is a fear, a source of potential fear, as if almost like the life is online, on the line, and we have to make sure to keep, to make sure and to follow to do the right thing, to make sure that Hashem doesn't effect, uh, execute that, that strict level of justice. Then we continue, Ki Hashem... Ki v'char Hashem b'tzion, Hashem chose in Zion, Yival Moshevlo, and desired for it to be his dwelling place. Seemingly, this pasuk is a little bit out of place. Why are we connecting 
Hashem as the creator of the, the, the controller of, of miracles, what does that have to do with Hashem establishing Tzion? So Schwab on, on his commentary notes that because Hashem controls nature, this is a follow-up of the previous sentence, sentence uh, or Pasuk, because Hashem controls nature, He controls the destiny of the Jewish people through controlling nature as we experienced by T.S. Mitzrayim, He too can define for, Hashem, for Himself a place to dwell in this world and interact in this world. And on a simple level, this is referring to the Machama Mikdash. The next Pasuk adds Kiakov Bacharlo Ka Yisrael Luskuloso. For Hashem chose Yaakov for him and Yisrael to be his skula. And uh, just as a grammatic, as a, a more nuanced point, the Mabim notes that the word Yaakov and Yisrael have different connotations. Yaakov is a state of Gavos. Yisrael is a more loftier spiritual state, both physically and spiritually. And while Hashem chose Yaakov as Hashem is close to Yaakov no matter what state he's in, even in a lowly state, even a lowly spiritual state, if the B'nai Yisrael attain the status of Yisrael, a more loftier spiritual state, then Hashem will interact with them as a skula, as a treasure who is constantly being, as, as a treasure which is being constantly um, overlooked and cherished. And focusing on a different aspect of the Jews in Gullus and their interaction with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, Refresh notes that because Yaakov is in Gullus, that actually becomes a source of great, a great Kiddush Hashem, that Hashem is invisible and able to control nature by saving B'nai Yisrael, who naturally would be destroyed if they were left to the natural whims of history. So in many ways, this last point of Refresh puts together the recognition of Akash Baruch in the natural world, as well as in the supernatural world, because both aspects are highlighted through keeping B'nai Yisrael alive, recognizing that Akash Baruch Hu, because he controls nature and defined and created nature, also becomes a source of his ability to... Finally, in the sixth section, after discussing the vision of Akash Baruch Hu running the world in the Geula, in the future, where Hashem's presence is more defined, and in recognizing that Hashem in the present can control nature and control the fate of man because he controls nature and control and guides the Jewish nation in a supernatural way. We now basically return to the present and ask for two things. We ask for forgiveness from our Abiros and as well as protection while we are in this current status of Gavos. And we note, we say, even amidst the Galos, Hashem will not forsake his nation, his nation and his inheritance he will not forsake as well. The Radak, as following the understanding of, as we developed, we're talking about the Benes on the Galos, and Hashem saying Hashem will not give up on the Jewish people, even while they're in exile. Rav Schwab, pushing this explanation a little bit further, notes that this understanding, this Pasuk, really follows the previous sentence, the last, the previous words, that of Israel school so that even though the ideal state of Bnei Israel should be were at the status of Israel, that we have this high spiritual plane as the Malbim explained, and even though we're not there and we're only as Yaakov, Hashem still will not forsake us. Hashem will not forsake us, even though we're in the Gullus and we're actually not just physically low, but we're also spiritually low. Hashem will still be with us and not forsake us. We ask Hashem. We make a comment of a Baruch Hu, almost effectively ask Hashem 
to ask for forgiveness, we say, that he, his rachum, he covers up sin, he doesn't destroy, and he increases his ability or his expression of calming his anger, he doesn't cause a great fiery wrath on the Bnei Yisrael. This Pasuk again is referring, as mentioned in Hodu, is referring to Akash Baruch Hu's Midah of Rachmanus, forgiveness, and we're trying to elicit that. The Mabam notes that Akash Baruch Hu is actually, given the Pasuk's connotations, it seems like Akash Baruch Hu wants to be angry at Bnei Yisrael because of their sins, and we're asking Akash Baruch Hu not to do so, to have Rachmanus on us, um, which almost is similar to the point Rashad made, that in the Gala specifically, we haven't lived up to the spiritual heights as Hashem wanted, and we're still asking Hashem to allow us to live through the Gullahs by giving us a little bit more Rahmanas, a little bit more time to develop ourselves and uh, attain proper tshuva. We finally complete this pasuk, this section by mentioning a prayer for protection, Hashem Moshiach, and, and salvation, Hashem Moshiach. As you mentioned in Hodu, this has two interpretations. Either we are asking Hashem, who's the Melech, to save us, and he'll answer us on the day that we call out. Or, as the as other Mepharshim <laughs> explained, as the Malbim explains, it's referring to the actual king, or the, or David HaMalach, or the king in general, the, the ruler of Bnei Yisrael, and he's going to be responding, Hashem Hoshia, that Hashem will save us, we recognize that Hashem is going to save us on the day that we call out. And in many ways, that's a very fitting conclusion of the Perek, as we discuss recognizing Kashbarchu in the world and hoping that this will be recognized in the future by all the nations of the world and we recognize how Hashem is going to get us to that point in this current state of Gaulus where we don't have the clear expression of Kashbarchu, the first people who have to really take the mantle to recognize Kashbarchu is us and we have to be the ones who have to call Hashem Oshia. and through that hopefully that will elicit a, a kapara, a protection and hopefully a geula enabling the entire more the entire greater world to recognize Akash Baruch Hu as well. So just to review everything that we discussed, there are six parts to the section. We are now in the Gullus. We are envisioning a future in which we recognize the Kvod Hashem. We recognize Hashem's plan in the future, the Shem Hashem. And we hope that the rest of the world, will recognize that as well. And we also recognize that Hashem is Ramal Kogoyim, Hashem that Hashem's Kvod is really only truly recognize the loftier the being is. In this world, we recognize Hashem's greatness, and we hope that to be recognized as well in the future. We move to the second section where we recognize now Hashem's uh, involvement in the world. We say Hashem Shemchali Alam, Hashem Zechachala Dorvador. We recognize both His different Hagos the natural world and the supernatural world recognize the past miracles that has occurred to us, that the Zichachal Adar which enables us to remember him better. And we also recognize that right now, we have a Zechah of a Baruch Hu, a Dovador, even though Hashem's shame, the ultimate manifestation of a Baruch Hu's presence in this world is in the future, but we have something now. And currently as well, Hashem Hashem's involved in the world both on a natural level and a supernatural level. Then we move to the third section where we recognize a future where Akash Baruch Hu's presence will be more fully recognized and people will 
declare Hashem's Malchus and the nations of the world who try to argue that will be destroyed. We say, both different manifestations of Hashem's Ashkacha will be recognized and that allows the nations of the world, the nations of the world will declare Hashem was the king and we'd respond seemingly Hashem Malach, Hashem Malach, Hashem Malach. We, Hashem is the king, was the king, will be the king. We have such certainty in this in this truth. And because of that, Abdu So because of that, Hashem will remove the nations of the world and establish the Malchus Yisrael again in the world. Now returning to the present, we discuss how Hashem is going to get us to that point. Hashem will nullify the plans of the of the non-Jews and the goals of the non-Jews of the non-Jews who try to destroy the Malchus the Malchus Yisrael or the nation of Yisrael, as well as the Jewish religion. And they note that Rabbis Machshavas Balavish, there are many plans that man has to destroy this, to do to affect that. But Ba'asas Hashem Yisakum, Hashem's eight is going to last forever, and it's going to last. Again, this is reiterating both the point that Ashkosh Baruch Hu is going to defeat the nation's plans to destroy B'nai Israel, or alternatively, as Rehosh explains, Hashem is going to inculcate a different world order, both on an international level and as, as well as an international level. The interactions of the world will be different because of Hashem's, Hashem's plans to facilitate that change to be fitting into more of what he wants the world to interact as. After discussing that, recognizing Hashem is going to destroy the nations of the world and affect a world change, we explain how that's going to happen. We say Hashem is Amar He both affected, he created the natural world, as well as he affects, he creates miracles. And because of that, Ki Hashem for Hashem is going to be choosing a Zion, and he wants that to be a place where he's going to dwell. As Hashem controls the world, he can control the, control the spiritual destiny of the world where he wants to dwell, his presence, and not only the spiritual destiny, but as well as the national destiny of the Bnei Yisrael, because Hashem chose Yaakov to be his nation, and the point that we're emphasizing is that even in midst of the Gullus, now in the current state of Yaakov, Hashem wants B'nai Yisrael because in the future they're going to be developing as either Yisrael is or Hashem just wants them to be an expression of his, in the current present state, expression of Hashem's control over nature as a almost a form of Kiddush Hashem. And we conclude with this prayer, while we recognize that Hashem is going to change the world and bring the Geula, we still recognize and we call for Hashem to help us amidst this prayer. First, we declare that Hashem, even amidst the Galas, even though we're on such spiritual low, a spiritual low, Hashem will still not forsake us. And because of that, we're now going to ask for Hashem, for Kapara to be, have Rachmanus over us, even though we're deserving. We ask Hashem to be Marbel Hashavapo and not, or we recognize that Hashem is going to be Marbel Hashavapo and not increase his anger even though we're deserving of it. And we finish with a prayer of Hashem, we say Hashem, we recognize that Hashem is going to save us, and more importantly, we're going to recognize that Hashem is going to save us. And that likely will facilitate the tshuva, as well as the protection, through that recognition, hopefully being a seed that will enable the world to change through us starting to recognize the Baruch Hu, saving us and bringing us to the Gula. And now just putting it all in the context of our davening, we initiated with Baruch Shamar. 
that relate to prayers of Kosh Baruch with these different prayers. And throughout Hodu, we have discussed about this as an introduction to Tefillah, where we recognize Hashem's committed to have a relationship with us. He wants us to follow His Torah. And then in the middle of Hodu, we were transitioning to the Jew in exile. We asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have vengeance on the nations to save us through our actions, through chesed, through chesed, not through undeserving kindness. We also recognize our duty to have bitachon on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that relationship will ultimately be manifested in the future when Hashem saves us because we recognize that we had an impact on that relationship and then we move to Mizrael Soda, where we recognize Hashem's interactions with us, that relationship we have with Him, that He's our, we belong to Him, He's going to watch over us. And even amidst the Galus, we recognize that Kito Hashem Lilam Chasta, Hashem's always expressing kindness and goodness to develop us. And even Adar Vadar, even throughout each generation where there's trials and tribulations, it's Amun So Hashem has His faith, Hashem has a standing that He guarantees us. He's going to get us out and develop us to become greater people and change the world to recognize a Kosh Baruch Hu more. And that's where we find Yichavod. The entire section of the Yichavod is discussing how we're going to get to that point. We recognize a Kosh Baruch Hu. We hope for a, a future vision of recognizing Hashem as the Melech, going to defeat all the enemies who are trying to not ex- uh, to hold that 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 manifestation from happening. And after explaining how we're, how Hashem is able to do that, as He created the world, He controls Jewish history. We ourselves come talk to ourselves and internalize the points that Hashem, number one, won't forsake us in the Galas, even though we're not deserving. He'll give us a kapara, even though we're deserving of it. And that's all because we ourselves commit to recognizing that Hashem Hoshia, Hashem will save us. Hashem has a relationship with us, and He has the power and the will to bring us out and to develop us as a nation, and hopefully change the rest of the world the world with it as well